Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. The title of my message comes from a movie. Okay? So I'm going to say it, and you guys back there can immediately put up my meme as soon as I say it. Are we good? Okay. Tonight's message is called Unlimited Power. I wanted to wear a Sith robe. I don't have one. I probably could have found one, but also I'm not sure you could have taken me seriously. So I took this title, obviously, from Star Wars. You guys answer me honestly. Raise your hand if you consider yourself a Star Wars fan. Because frankly, yeah, okay, this is kind of what I was expecting. Star Wars is not that cool anymore. I have noticed. Now, I don't feel that way. I love it. But, like, kids these days, nobody in TikTok is talking about Star Wars ever at all. I think it's, like, on the outs, which, whatever. But, so, some of you may not have known that reference. That's my point. (laughs) Unlimited Power is from Star Wars Episode, what? Three, Revenge of the Sith. It's the best one and the worst one all at once. But anyway, that's where my title came from. And tonight we're going to talk about the power of God. That doesn't sound that cool. And here's why the church doesn't talk about it a lot of times in the right way. Right? You sound like a little bit of a weirdo if you're at work talking about the power of God. Right? Just a little bit. I saw someone on social media who posted a picture of their dog and said, Our dog is alive. It got bit by a rattlesnake four days ago, but by the power of God, this dog is alive. And while I do not doubt that, I was also like, everybody probably thinks this person is crazy. If I posted that the power of God kept my dog alive, half the people I'm friends with are just going to think I'm a total nut. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Could we be honest? I'm into these days talking really honestly about church stuff and why people think it's weird and why we don't need to think it's weird. So that's why we're going to talk about the power of God tonight because the power of God is very largely neglected by the church. Very largely, right? We don't hear a lot of people talking about the power of God. But I want to look in 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11. It says this, In order to keep Satan from taking advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his schemes or his devices or his strategies, his plans. All of those words could be subbed in. And here's what I want to say tonight. I've been reminded lately that Satan is defeated, but this verse tells us he is still scheming. He's saying, don't be blind to what the devil's trying to do. Don't be blind to the devil's tactics, uh, to his schemes, to what he's doing. And recently, God spoke this to me, and it's had me shook, okay? He said, pay close attention to what the devil attacks. Pay close attention to what the devil attacks. Why? Because the devil attacks what we need most. And if we look in our culture, he attacks what's powerful and what's precious. Things like tongues, right? Things like deliverance, things like purity, things like not having sex outside of marriage, things like even worship. <laughs> One time my, my coworker was talking about going to a church and she was like, I felt so uncomfortable. People were like, you know when people like raise their hands like during the music? <laughs> like it was weird to worship. And I was like, dang, is this where we are? Like, and I told her, I was like, girl, that's me all day. <laughs> hands all the way up. But why are these things under attack? Because they're powerful and we need them. And the devil wants you to think that it is weird. He's attempted to make the power of God a mockery. Now, I shared with you guys recently that I have gotten on TikTok. 
10 out of 10. I love it. I'm about to delete it because it's just a time waster, but I cannot stop listening to these like kindergarten teachers tell really funny things their kids said or like the nurses with the crazy ER stories and this and that. One guy, I'll tell you this, I'll get back on topic. <laughs> One of his craziest ER stories was this guy came in and he was like, man, something's, something's wrong with my mom. I got her in the car, but something's wrong with her. And he was like, I don't know, we got in an argument and then I left the room and when I came back, she was just looking kind of weird. So I had to carry her to the car. I did go through McDonald's on the way here because I hadn't eaten yet today. So he has his burger in his hand and they go out to the car and his mom is dead. Went through the McDonald's drive-thru with a dead woman in the car. This is why I love TikTok. My jaw has been on the ground ever since. I'm like, I probably didn't need to know that, but I can't stop thinking about it. So anyways, <laughs> back on topic here. One thing that I've seen on TikTok that has really bothered me is people saying, hey, remember, did any of you ever go to church camp as kids? Did you ever have to go to church camp in middle or high school? Some of the stories are really funny. They're stories like we would tell. But I saw one person who said, did you, did you ever go to church camp and you thought you were like experiencing God and you were like crying and stuff, but now that you're grown up, you just realize it was a panic attack. And this is, not, this is not even in a judgmental way towards that person, but do you see what the devil is trying to do? He's trying to convince people that things they have experienced is not real, that God is not real, that talking about the power of God is weird. Do you remember that? It was so weird at church camp. Like, we were all just, like, you know, crying and this and that. And I thought, oh, my gosh, pay attention to what the devil is attacking. And, you know, there's a reason that we don't usually invite people to church Maybe you've done this. I don't know. You can raise your hand if you have. I personally have never invited someone to church here and just really led with saying, hey, would you, would you like to come to my church this weekend? We pray in tongues and someone might lay hands on you. Has anyone ever invited someone to church that way? Why? Because we fear that they wouldn't come. They would think it is weird. This is because Satan has propagated enough wrong thinking into our culture that people view those things negatively, right? And I would challenge us to say that even we within the church have sometimes viewed those things negatively or as something to be embarrassed of or something that's weird. Like, yes, I believe in deliverance, but like not everybody does because it's kind of weird, right? Or I pray in tongues, but like, I don't really talk about it because it's kind of weird. It's kind of powerful, and powerful and weird are two very different things. And the devil has been working for quite a while in the culture to turn people's thinking against these things that are powerful and try to make them weird. But in Romans 1.16, we find something that I want to highlight tonight. Paul says this, for I am not ashamed of this good news or the gospel about Christ. He says, it is the power of God at work, there's the power, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. And in this verse, it shows us why we cannot afford to be ashamed of the real powerful gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's because, what does he say? It will save everyone who believes. 
It works every time for anyone who believes. It is powerful. He's saying the gospel is the power of God that will save everyone who believes. If I want to save anyone, if I want to help anyone, I cannot do it without the full gospel, which is the power of God. We cannot be ashamed to preach the gospel in its entirety, everything included, because if we care about saving people, it's going to require that. And I want to highlight this for a minute. People act like talking about spirits and the supernatural is weird, right? Like you probably dress in all black. Your hair's probably so long we can't see your face. Uh, you might be a Satan worshiper. You might be that guy in my neighborhood who wears a trench coat year round and walks around at night a lot and I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> you, it's weird. If you're into spirits and the supernatural, you're weird. But here's why I want to say that that makes no sense. First of all, we know that that thinking did not originate from God. Why? God is a spirit. It does not make sense for me to say, I love God, but like supernatural things creep me out. He is supernatural, right? I can't be weirded out. I can't treat spirits like it's something weird when God is a spirit. The Bible tells us that. So I know that thinking didn't come from God, right? God doesn't think spiritual things are weird. The second thing I want to say is that I would say that didn't even originate in the human mind. Why? Because we are a spirit. You and I are spirits. This body is a house for our spirit. When we die, our spirit is eternal. You and I are spirits. How can I say that things that are spiritual or supernatural are weird when that's what I am? right? That's what I am. That's what I was designed for. That's what I was created for and built for. I am a spirit. And this is why we are drawn to spiritual things, even if you don't know God and even if you think it's kind of weird. Think of some of the biggest film franchises in the last 20 years, right? Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Avengers, Marvel, DC, blah, 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 blah. What does it all revolve around? Some kind of power, the force, or spells, or wizardry, or just superhuman powers, things that people cannot do on their own. We're drawn to that. That's what we read. That's what we like to watch because we want to see a power that's bigger than us. Haven't you ever watched those movies and thought, that would be so cool if it was real? So cool. You guys know my favorite movies in the world are the Lord of the Rings movies. And my favorite scene out of all the movies is when Gandalf and Saruman fight. You've seen it. They're in the tower. Those doors close. It gets crazy, super crazy. And it's even weirder because it's two old men <laughs> fighting. So, like, that's extra impossible. I've seen some young people fight, but I've never seen two people who look like they're 90 fight and be trying to beat each other and kill each other. Why do I love that? Because there's power. Like, wow, that's so cool. They can throw each other across the room. He picks them up. He spins them around in the air. It's crazy, right? Why do we love Star Wars? Because they can do all kinds of crazy things we can't, right? We are drawn to power. This is because we're spiritual beings and we're looking for supernatural power because that's what we're made for. So if this idea that spiritual things are weird didn't come from God and it didn't come from mankind, I would submit that it came directly from the devil, right? If God doesn't think those things are weird, 
and you and I are not born thinking those things are weird because that's who we are, then that twisted thinking came from Satan. He was the originator, and unfortunately, he has talked a whole lot of people into being propagators. It wasn't their original idea, but they heard it from somebody else, and it seems to make sense. So that's the thinking they've adopted is that these things are weird. So tonight, I want to challenge that thinking and say that God's power is not weird. It is not crazy. It is not creepy. Uh, It's not just for Pentecostal churches. It's not just for uh, people in like remote country bumpkin churches. It's not, it's not, it's not weird. It's not weird. And let's look in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And this is a little bit long, but I think it speaks to the world that we live in right now. And it says, but you need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce. People will be self-centered lovers of themselves. They'll be obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They'll ignore their own families. They'll be ungrateful and ungodly. Verse 3 says they will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. Slaves to their desires. They'll be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. Hello. A lot of people hate what is good and right. A lot of people hate the church. A lot of people hate God. That's happening right now. Verse 4 says, With brutal treachery they will act without restraint, bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of a loving God. But verse 5 says this, They may pretend to have a respect for God, but in reality they want nothing to do with God's power. Stay away from people like these. And sadly, I think that last verse, and maybe many of those verses, are a picture of the church today saying they pretend to have respect for God, but in reality, they want nothing to do with his power. What does this verse show us? It's possible to go to church and live without the power of God. It's possible to be a Christian and live without God's power. It's possible to love God and live without God's power. You can be godly and without power. The power is not automatic, but it is available. And I don't want to keep seeing a powerless church with powerless people and a depressed church with depressed people and an anxious church with anxious people and an abused church with abused people and hurt people. I don't want to see that. It's not what God has made the church to be. If we really believe that this place is like a hospital for broken people and a place for people to find healing, we've got to have God's power. And right now across the church, I'm seeing some things move, which I'm excited about, but I want to say in last years, it just seems like the church is so powerless, right? No one wants to listen to the church. No one cares what the church has to say. Uh, Church people are just crazy. 10 out of 10 would not recommend. Um, They're crazy, right? We've seen the worst come out of the church in the last few years. With some big issues that have occurred, people have spewed some nasty things. I don't want to see that anymore, and I believe the answer is the power of God. And in 1 Corinthians 2, I want to take a look at verses 1 through 5. Paul says this, When I first came to proclaim to you the secrets of God, I refused to come as an expert trying to impress you with my eloquent speech and lofty wisdom. I'll pause here and say, I've been very guilty of this. Thinking that if we are going to show the people what the church is really supposed to be, we're going to have to be well-spoken and we're going to have to sound smart. 
we're going to have to know what we're talking about, right? Paul is saying, no, that's not what I was concerned with. He said, for a while, I was determined to be consumed with one topic, Jesus, the crucified Messiah. And let's jump down to um, verse 4. He says, the message I preached and how I preached it was not an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, Again, I've been there before, thinking like the church has just really got to know what it's talking about if we want anybody to listen. And I think there's an element of truth to that, but Paul is showing us here a better way. He says, I'm not trying to sway you with persuasive arguments, but to prove to you the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. For God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom, but by trusting in his power. What is Paul saying? The way for the church to be what it needs to be and reach the people has almost nothing to do with how well we speak or how great our messages are or how theologically impressive we are or how many famous pieces of literature we quote. No, he is saying, I'm coming to prove to you the almighty power of God. My purpose and our purpose of the church shouldn't be to try and convince people or persuade people or sound smart or argue or debate, but let's just show up in God's power. And if we do that and we preach the full gospel, which is the power of God, everybody who believes it is going to be saved and they're going to get the help that they need. And I want to say this, I believe that literally right now in the world, The only thing that can help is the supernatural. And I want to say that that's because the supernatural is what's causing the problems that we see. In Ephesians 6.12, God tells us this, your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. The church has gotten so wrapped up in being focused on people, and humans. Now, we are here for people. We exist to help people. So I understand that, and I'm not um, saying that that's incorrect. But we're, we're acting like we're just, we're coming against these people. We gotta reach these people because they're thinking wrong. These people are just thinking wrong, right? They're believing all these crazy stuff. Nobody cares about the church. The problem is just these people, these people. That's not true. He says, our combat is not with human beings. It's not with people, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms, for they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this world in bondage. What is he saying? the supernatural is the problem right we know that there are two sides to the supernatural there is our loving father god and there is the devil there is good and there is evil and we see that the evil part of the supernatural is what is causing all the problems we see it's not people right is this too heavy It's good to think through this. This has challenged my thinking to really say, okay, let me make all of this make sense. What is God saying here? He's saying, listen, the problem is not people, but in this translation, it says a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold the world in bondage. And I want to say, if demon gods and evil spirits are the problem, then our God and his spirits and his angels are the answer. Do you see what I'm saying? We've been fighting the wrong thing sometimes where God is saying, no, 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 don't get caught up in trying to convince these people with your fancy words and your great messages. You're not really dealing with the people. You are dealing with the supernatural forces that are causing these people to suffer. 
And if that problem is supernatural, I'm going to have to show up with the supernatural to fix it. Does that make sense? If the devil is causing all of this, God has got to be the answer. That's the only thing that can repair our world. If you think about it, uh, Pastor Nancy said this this week, and I thought, wow, like, <laughs> I've been thinking about that so wrong. Depression and anxiety, the root of those is fear, which a lot of things that we read will say fear is a normal human emotion. But the Bible says it's a spirit. God has not given us a spirit of fear. There is a spirit of fear. And too many times we've been duped into just thinking these things that we struggle with are just part of the human experience. Now, I can see that to a level because as humans, we all deal with those things to a level, right? Everybody deals with something a little bit differently, but we all share some of the same struggles. However, it's not because we are human. It's because there are spirits. And if I want to fix that, if I want to fix depression and anxiety, I'm going to have to come with the spirit, that can destroy that and that can overcome that because God has overcome the world. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. When it's talking about he in the world, it's not talking about people. It's talking about the devil and the forces that work with him. These are not human problems. They're spiritual problems. Division and hate. What is that? It's a spirit, right? I'm not trying to get too weird. Don't let yourself think this is weird because I would have been like, you know, sometimes you just hear people talking about like stuff exactly like what I'm saying tonight. And I've been guilty before of thinking like, oof, like it's a little weird. Like it's true, but like, you know, it's a little intense. Like we're talking about demon gods and spirits. It's not weird. That's what I've been challenging myself with. No, 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 this is not weird. This is the answer. And if I can get a hold of this, I'm going to be able to bring freedom to people because these are not human problems. So we can't treat them with a human solution. If it is a spiritual problem, it has to be treated with a spiritual solution. And I've been guilty of this too, sometimes just feeling like the problems in the world are so overwhelming, right? It's a lot. A lot of stuff is going on. Sometimes um, I feel overwhelmed from my own feelings of anxiety. Sometimes I feel overwhelmed from seeing how that has just affected our culture and almost everyone I know. Um, I'm overwhelmed by what I see on the news and what I see on Facebook and just about everything. It is really easy to get overwhelmed looking at these problems because they are big issues. Satan is defeated, but what did we see in that first verse? He is still strategic. He's still trying. He's still uh, trying to trick as many people as he can. So it's easy to feel overwhelmed when I'm looking at things from a natural perspective. There's been pandemics. There's a new shooting every day. Somebody's getting killed when they should never have been killed. Uh, Mental illness is everywhere, right? We talk about it so much because it's totally normal because every single person deals with it. Just this twisted thinking. And I've seen people even, and I've, I've been guilty of this, kind of approach it with an attitude of just like, come, come on, Jesus. Like, come on, just come back. It's time to wrap this thing up. Like the world is getting so crazy. This has got to be the end times. Come quickly, God. We can't take it anymore. Right? And I felt like that a time or two. But I believe that God is saying it's not time to wrap this thing up before the church to rise up. 
right? We cannot get sucked into that defeated thinking of thinking that we are hopeless just because the problems seem so big. If we learn to look at them the right way and say, this is a spiritual problem, so I'm going to be bold enough to bring a spiritual answer that can actually set people free, we'll see things start to change. And you know, God, I know a lot of people say like, well, why do you believe God has to do that? Like, why do, why do, you, why do you have to be crazy, right? Why do people have to shake under the power or fall out? Why do they have to pray in tongues? Uh, why do we have to like raise our hands and dance during worship? Why do, why do we have to do that? I've heard people say that. And the truth is that you don't have to do that. But I think with the state of the world, it is going to take some powerful demonstrations of God's power to shake them and kind of break them into freedom. People are so warped in their minds, and the way that people think is so counterintuitive that I will never be able to reason someone into believing Jesus. I don't have that ability. I'm not that skilled. I cannot talk you into accepting Jesus and, and deciding to change your life and understanding why the way you're living is wrong. But I do believe if somebody shows up in a church service and the power of God does something crazy like knock them back three feet, they can't deny that. I think our world is in a state where it requires some really visible, powerful, unusual demonstrations of God's power. And people can make fun of it if they want to. I don't care. But I believe when somebody is so clouded in darkness, it's going to take something dramatic to snap them into the light. Just talking is not going to do it. Just a nice message is not going to do it. And like I said, I'm preaching this to myself more than anyone else. You know who's really scared to lay hands on people? Me. I don't like it. I feel like I don't know how to do it. But when God tells me to do it, I do it. Why? Because I've got to do it. You've got to have it. I have got to have it. When things have wrapped a hold of people's mind, God's power has got to show up and break that off. And it comes down to us really, really asking ourselves, do we believe God can do what he says he can do? Do I really believe that God is all powerful? Do I? Do I believe somebody can come up into the church with an addiction, and if I lay my hands on them, God's power can come onto their body and break that off of them where they don't deal with it again. Yes, I believe that. Do I believe a racist can walk into church and I can lay my hands on them and the power of God can break that spirit off of them? Yes. It's not popular to say these things. Again, we've been duped into thinking, that's weird. That's weird. We don't need that at church. The message helped me. I came on Sunday. I heard the preacher. It was good. It helped me. That was good. Yes, but it's going to take more than that if we want freedom. And if we want to reach people that are hard to reach, and if we want to pull people out of very dark places, a Sunday morning sermon is just not enough anymore. It's going to take the power of God. We see in the Bible that the power of God showed up when Paul and Silas were in jail. We've heard this story so many times, I think it's lost. It's like shock. It's crazy. They were physically in jail, shackled, bound. There was no way for them to get out. And God's power came as they worshiped and praised, and it physically shook the jail to such an intensity that their chains broke. 
That's crazy. But do we believe God's power can really manifest in a physical way like that? I do. It has and it can. And I want to say the reason it's not is just because we are not asking for it. We're not believing for it. We're instead calling it weird. Choosing to be embarrassed. When people are walking in here with chains, maybe not physical chains, but chains of depression and everything else, and that could be broken off of them by the power of God if we would just choose to stop calling it weird and call it what it is. And here's the thing about weird things. They're only weird until enough people say it's not weird, right? When I was in high school, I remember one of my friends talking about her sister being like, she's so weird, all of her friends are in the anime club at school. Because when I was in high school, anime was not cool, it was weird. Anime is super mainstream now. Everyone loves it, everyone watches it, everyone's talking about The Last Airbender. I'm going to watch it one day. I am. I do have an interest. I just don't have the time. (laughs) But it's not weird anymore. Why? Because enough people said, hey, this isn't weird. I like it. Right? That's all it takes is enough people saying, no, that's not weird. I've done it. It was fun. I watched it. It was cool. I read it. I really liked it. If we would really begin to be that expressive about the power of God and say, no, it's not weird. I had somebody pray for me one time, and I've never been depressed like that since. I felt a lot better after that happened. I, I got prayed for at church when I had a migraine, and immediately when someone prayed for me, my headache went away. I don't know. It was really cool. You can call it crazy, but it was really cool. If enough people are willing to share the truth and say, no, it's not weird, it's amazing, then that will make it not weird anymore, right? Enough people just speaking up. And I want to say this tonight as we start to close here. Like I said earlier, I don't think the solution is to treat the world like things are wrapping up. Maybe it is. It does kind of feel like the end of the world. But my mentality is not just going to be like, let's just make it. Like, the rapture's coming. I've always been scared of that. I blame the Left Behind series that came out when I was in first grade. It's terrifying to be six years old and think that you're going to wake up and your whole family is going to be gone except you. So (laughs) I've never had, like, very fond thoughts about the rapture. Um, I'm more comfortable with it now, but I'm still, like, it's not on my bucket list. I'm fine if I die before it happens, (laughs) frankly. (laughs) But I see a lot of people just trying to act like, oh, the world's just getting too crazy. Like, just come on, Jesus, this is done. I don't want to get sucked up in that mentality of wrapping it up. I want to see the church rise up. I know that God is not going to be outdone by the devil. It's not going to happen that way. If I'm seeing demonstrations of the devil's power everywhere more than I ever have, I'm feeling frustrated enough about it that I'm just ready to see God's demonstrations. I don't care if somebody thinks I'm weird. I don't care if somebody thinks I'm just stupid or whatever. And I'm coming to you from a place of saying I have been embarrassed about these things before. Right? I don't usually in conversations with coworkers or whatever be like, yeah, I pray in tongues because I've been embarrassed. But I don't care anymore. If the devil is going to be that demonstrative, I want God to be able to move in his power. Because the devil's defeated but he doesn't act like it. And Christians are victorious, but they also don't act like it. That's the problem, right? We have a defeated enemy, an enemy, like Nemo. We have a defeated enemy who tries to act like he is not defeated. And we have a powerful church who tries to act like they don't have any power. But I believe that God's power is available to us in unlimited capacity, unlimited power. And in Isaiah 60, we'll end here, verses 1 through 4. It says this, rise up in splendor and be radiant for your light has dawned. 
and God's glory now streams from you. Look carefully. Darkness has covered the earth, and thick gloom has covered the nations. We see that in our world right now. Everything seems dark. Everything seems like it's covered in gloom. But this says, God arises upon you, and the brightness of his glory appears over you. Nations will be attracted to your radiant light, and kings to the sunrise glory of your new day. Lift up your eyes, look all around you, and believe people are returning from far away. And what is this saying? Even in darkness, God's light is ready to shine. And I know that sounds like a little corny, but the world is super dark. We could describe it as that right now. And so even though we've been scared, people will think the power of God is weird. God tells us, no, it's a light. It's going to shine. And when people are in darkness, they are looking for light, right? They're searching for light. When people are covered in darkness, They're drawn to the light. They can see the light from miles away. So even though they may not understand it, when I say, hey, come up here, I'd like to lay my hands on you. I'd like to pray for you. You struggle with addiction? Come here, let me pray for you. They might not understand it, but they will see that it is light because they're in a dark place. So let's not be ashamed of the power that God has made available. It's not weird. It's not creepy. It's not only for like the strange churches who just have like 100 people there. No, God's power was made for you. It is made for us. And it's going to be the way that we start to see things change for the good in this world. And I believe that with all my heart. So thank you guys for listening to me tonight. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media.